This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 404 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Fairfield in Lexington. Today we've got horse addict blogger Louine Willoughby and friend of the show Kitty Pogue, who will also stay around for a great trainer tip. Stanfield from Waxahachie, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. With our producer this week is going to be Jen. Hi, Jen. Hello, Hi, Reese. Hi, everybody. How are you guys today? We're doing good. We're doing good. Love it. Love so, Reese, you've got a little news from the weekend. You've been progressing in yes, your riding and training, please. doing a little horse showing. Oh, yeah. Elon Court did his first intermediate one. Yay, stars in the guys. <laughs> he was really, really quite good. Really quite good. The, the first day, uh, Katie and I, you'll hear later in the test, she did the same thing. Katie Polk made a mistake in the test, and that is quite expensive in the FEI range. So uh, I, I was really, really proud of him, and I was focused. We were focused on getting a really big trot, and I just thought I should have passed, and I should have been doing a shoulder in. Uh, so <laughs> i that again. But besides the pilot error, uh, he was fantastic. He really was. He was a good boy. He tried so hard, and that was, you know, he's not even eight years old yet. So this was a big thing to, to try to take him out, and I brought him out on the five-star. It was a national show, but all the big big riders were in his class, big class, and um, really, he really rose to the occasion. So I couldn't have been happier with um, That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great. Still green, you know, still made some mistakes, but still needs to get stronger and change the frame a little bit. But, you know, um, we did it's a work test. in progress. Yeah, yeah, it's a work in progress, you know, and, and um, I wanted to bring him out and see and show him and see where we were, you know, as we always talk about. Sometimes, sometimes you need to get in the sandbox and see where you are and how you can do it and, and show a little bit. So, you know, we want to take advantage of that while we're here. So, yeah, that was yeah. really fun. So, yeah, it's and, busy. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the five-star then. You know, you were around. You saw some rides, I hope. Yes, I did. We did. We, uh, you know, we have seven horses here, which is actually, for us, a light lighter load than we've had before. Uh, but it really lets us be able to go. It's enough horses to keep us busy, but we can also kind of maybe get on a, a, a get up a little early and start a little early. And, and we were able to go watch the Grand Prix. Um, and I was talking about it with a couple friends. Um, this five star, everybody deserved to be in it. If that makes sense. It was fantastic. Everyone deserved to be in it. The ride, the riding was stellar. The horses looked fantastic. So that was really, really fun to see. And uh, really fun to be there. And it was very cool to see Laura Graves get an 80% in the Grand Prix. That was pretty spectacular. So uh, cheers to her. She, I, There's only been a few people in the world to, to do that. And uh, it was super fun to see her do it. So that was the five-star. And then Friday night, um, the freestyles were fantastic. Again, everybody deserved to be there. It was a very exciting night. Uh, the stands were packed. Oh, standing room only. Actually, we were... Katie Pogue uh, is, a friend, is a friend and she saved us some seats because she was at the, at the barn with Ziggy. So uh, that was great. So you got to love it. So it really was a, a fun week here and weekend and a lot of people visiting and, and we always love that. Also, the I guess the president was in, in town too, huh? 
Yeah, the president. I saw Air Force One taking my mom to the airport. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But that picture you posted on, on Facebook there of Air Force One, I, this just made me think of it. Yeah, I did. I did post a, a picture on Air Force One. I said, please don't be political. It was cool to see, um, you know, something like that. I don't care what us. president's in there. It's cool. It's cool. That's my <laughs> feeling, too. It's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I just want to say how cool that was to see that. So that was really fun. So, yeah, so it was a great weekend. You know, Florida's, we're a little bit at the halfway point now, uh, which is amazing. I can't believe we're saying that. It's It goes so fast when you get here and, and you're really, really, you know, you're really into it and the horses are all doing great. And so it's all, it's, it is all good. It's been, a, you know, so far, knock on wood, uh, quite a good season. So we'll keep that we'll keep that going we show again next week we we have a little break we've had two show weeks ends in a row um and we're i think my whole team is ready for a little break and then we show again next weekend so that's our plan great awesome well we've got a great show on today um like you said katie pogue is going to come on and talk to us about the five star and then later on she's gonna you know help us with the trainer tip for the week and then we have a an awesome blogger uh horseaddict.net uh, Louis, Louine Willoughby is going to talk to us. She's got some great stories and uh, you know, talk to us a lot, a lot about blogging and how that helps with the riding and, and maybe some tips for people who also want to maybe get into blogging. So right, at this, right after this commercial, we're going to have Katie Pope. Hi, Glenn the Geek here. Choose Kentucky Performance Products Supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. This week, I want to speak with you about Elevate Maintenance Powder. Horses consuming limited grass due to a busy competition schedule or because of diet restrictions may not be getting enough natural vitamin E. Horses in rigorous training, seniors, broodmares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E to meet their needs. When you need a supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Affordable, effective, and research-proven, Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant, protecting your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports the strong immune system and healthy muscle function necessary for top performance. It's affordable and easy to feed, and you can learn more about this and all their products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have a good friend of ours and friend of the show, Katie Pogon. Katie, welcome. She's an international rider and trainer. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, we are we have been following you and Ziggy Zoner. Oh, I can never say his name right. Zona Koning. Yes, <laughs> Ziggy. For oh, for actually about a year, year and a half now, and uh, you guys just did something really cool that I wanted to have you back on and to tell us because we've been following your guys' career. So tell us what happened last week. Um, we were invited to the GDF um, CDI Five Star, and it was of course sponsored by De Monte Farms, which was awesome. Um, they were a big help in providing some great sponsorship money for people who placed. Um, so that was a fun little kind of cherry on top. But um, no, it was <laughs> it was a great experience. Um, last year was my first outing into the CDI circuit, and we've been slowly progressing. And, um, last year I also was on the radio with you guys cause we had get, had got the invitation to go to Omaha. Yes. And then 
we have just kind of been progressing along the way, and um, we were one of 10 Americans chosen by the committee to compete at this year's Five Star, which was just a huge honor and accomplishment. And um, so it was cool to hear that I had been invited. And then when I pulled up the list of people who had also (laughs) been invited, it was, um, you know, just kind of this crazy feeling knowing that Stephen Peters was flying over from California with his horses and you're in it with Laura Graves and Casey Perry, um, Shelly Francis and Katie Page, who had all been either team members or alternates and just a group of Canadians and other international people that it was just kind of this amazing, um, that I was in it. And, um, so no, I mean, it was just, it was really cool to feel like you were surrounded by people who have either been on Olympic teams, alternates for the teams or Pan Ams and just kind of feeling like you're getting your first step into it or your foot in the door. And I definitely feel that my horse has the, the talent and ability to continue. And so it was just great to feel like I was a part of that group. Um, obviously the beginning baby stages of stuff, but really trying to, to get in and, and move up. Um, so it was just, it really was an honor to be amongst those people. Oh, absolutely. It was cool to see you out there with those people. I was like, oh, I know her. This is pretty cool. So tell us, how, how did how did it go? How did the Grand Prix go? And then how did the special go? Um, the Grand Prix, I was very pleased, um, as all riders can, you know, finish a ride and think about 90 million things that they want to do to make the next ride even better. Um, I was pleased. It was a very clean ride. Um, and I know that, that I can bring more just power and presence. And so from the first ride to the second ride, it was trying to figure out how to bring out, um, more of just the quality that I felt that Ziggy has. And, um, and I definitely felt that we did. Um, I unfortunately had a driver error. (laughs) So that may not help. Um, but we all do it as I try to tell my students <laughs> when mm-hmm. they are crushed by missing something that even the people at the top, and I think there was a, a huge international show also where like the top three people all had like errors somewhere. So anyway, yeah. um, it was something that hopefully when I do that test again, I'm <laughs> guaranteeing myself I will <laughs> do that. Um, but anyway, so that was kind of an unfortunate thing. And then I did have one um, mishap with flying changes on the ones, but I definitely felt that we had a greater degree of just overall connection and presence. Um, It was cool. We finally were awarded um, a fair amount of eights for the Piaf and Passage work, which I do feel that he is um, very strong and talented in. And so it was nice to, be rewarded and see that the judges were kind of ready to, you know, start giving us um, some of those scores that I really feel we deserve and that it's just, you know, getting in and doing more of it to 
put things together better and make transitions better and, and all that. And so it kind of getting to experience it at that level, um, you know, it just, for me, makes me come home and really think and really, um, process my, my training and what I'm doing and, and just make things even pickier and work harder even with, um, just the quality of things and the timing and just remembering back to those rides and how you can make something just that much better. And, um, I was able to have things videoed, um, with Richard's videoing. And so we got it right back shortly after the ride. And so I could sit there and examine things and regroup and, um, and just come at it kind of with that frame of mind and, um, and we'll be going back down for the CDI next week. And so, of course, from that ride to the, uh, from the Grand Prix ride at the Five Star to the Grand Prix special ride. Now, for future tests, it's just you're looking at things and you know where, um, where you know you can clean up stuff and obviously remember where you need to be. Um, so, yeah. no, the, the second, the Grand Prix special, um, I was really pleased and we got some really good scores in it. And, um, and so hopefully we'll continue getting more of those scores to have a, a solid score in the seventies. And and an error on course. So everybody knows just right. a refresher is two percentage points off the top of your score. Yeah. So it's so not with five just, judge, yeah. With five judges, that's 10 points you get taken off. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. Um, so yeah. yes, it is a lot. And, um, it's it is something that you don't want to do with five <laughs> exactly. It's the, yeah, it's the okay. second one is elimination, right? Yeah. Did that play in your mind at all as you made your first error on course? No, um, I <laughs> I fortunately did not feel that that was a stressful point because it was just a I turned to go across the very at the very end um, for the diagonal extended trot like in the Grand Prix but in the special you go down the long side um, so fortunately I was at the very end of the test and I didn't have a lot more to do <laughs> so, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I fortunately was in a place where um, it it made sense to have the rest of the test where it was and that it was yeah, very, yeah it was going to finish itself almost I was, I was finishing the Grand Prix instead of the Grand Prix special um, yeah so yeah. It's okay. We all do it. And the special is so hard. And then that's so intense. <laughs> like, that's okay. I love it. Yeah, and the special. And I, 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 I actually enjoy the, the transitions and how they're set up work. Um, I think very well for Ziggy. And so there, there are moments in the special that I feel like I can kind of engage better into the test with him. Um, so that was just one of those moments. It was just like, oh my god, everything else was going really well. Yeah. And then it's just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. There's nothing that teaches you like experience, right? We have a CDI in two weeks, and then what happens after that? Like, what's the next plan? Um, the so the the rest of the season, there's a CDI next week, and then I can't believe it's March. Um, I think the beginning of March is the Palm Beach Derby, and I'm not going to that one because my coach, Ann Gribbons, will be judging that one. 
Um, and then there are two others at the end of middle and end of March, which is the Four Star and the Nations Cup. And um, it'll just kind of depend on um, if I get invited to um, either of those to do the Four Star section or the Nations Cup section. If not, I will go and still do the, the Three Star section. Um, and then I'd like to go to the Tryon Big Eye Show in April. And um, and then that kind of will put us in kind of see where we are. The Grand Prix National Championships are in May up in Gladstone. And so those are kind of all the, the shows and goals that I'm working towards. Um, the Five Star is definitely a really cool highlight of this spring's kind of plans on trying to you know, just have a good solid year. Um, so we'll just see if it can kind of, if I can keep moving into some invitations like that. Um, that would be awesome. And awesome. Um, do yeah. a little bit in the fall and start up again. Start up again. Year. Oh, I love yeah. it. But it definitely, it's, um, it's the, being in the group of people and just feeling, and, and a lot of them I do know, um, you, after doing some of the state, the CDI shows, you end up stabling with a, a lot of people and you get to know them. And in training situations, I've met several people. So it just, you, you end up getting to know a lot of these people and, um, it just makes it fun because you, you know, them and you build friendships and, and you can get help from other people and advice for different things and people like yourself who have done some big time stuff and get help and advice from people who've been there and done that and just surrounded with a bunch of people who just want the sport to do really well. And that just, that side of it too, it is makes it fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, Katie, we love watching your career and Ziggy's as well. So how would our listeners find you online? Um, I am at katiepogdressage.com, and then my email is katiepogdressage at yahoo.com. Fairfield Inn and Suites North by Marriott Lexington is the ideal hotel for you as they are the closest hotel to the Kentucky Horse Park. They have the most spacious guest rooms and suites in the area, and they're only four miles from downtown Lexington. Fairfield Inn and Suites North offers complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi throughout the hotel, free parking, a business center, an indoor swimming pool and jacuzzi, an outdoor patio with grill, laundry facilities, and much more. You get hungry, Cracker Barrel is located right next door, and there are four other dining options available within walking distance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Of course, Lexington is known for the Kentucky Horse Park, University of Kentucky, Keeneland, and the historical Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Enjoy a terrific hotel experience while you're touring Lexington. There's no denying that the Lexington North Fairfield Inn & Suites is the best value in town and will meet all your hospitality needs. Just Google Fairfield in North Lexington and make your reservations today. Well, today we are so happy to have Louine Willoughby. She is the blog writer for Horse Addict. Welcome to the show, Louine. Oh, thank you for having me. 
No, we're so we, we I you're we are definitely we were friends before we got in touch with you for the interview. So I've been watching your site for quite a long time. It's a wonderful site. So tell us, how did you get started? Well, I originally used to write for a British website called Horse Hero, and um, I would just write pieces for them about the Florida horse show season. And so I was doing that for several years, and then, you know, they started to sort of edit some of the pieces, and I thought, oh, that's actually changing what I'm trying to say here. I mean, I don't mind if something is edited in terms of my grammar or if I'm just babbling on too much, but when it gets edited and sort of whole paragraphs are taken out, and then the point of the piece actually sort of goes in a different direction, I wasn't so happy about that. So my son and my daughter... They're very sort of, you know, up with everything to do with social media, and they work with that a lot. And so both of them were saying to me, you should have your own blog, you should have your own blog. And I really didn't want to take on the responsibility. And then when my son was uh, visiting in Florida last winter, he said, listen, it'll take me two hours. That's it. We'll have this done. And so he just literally sat me down one afternoon and he said, okay, we're going to go. And he said, I think we're going to go with WordPress because I really like them and blah, blah, blah. And so we sat down and picked out the pictures and the colors and the stuff, and so I've gone on from there. And um, WordPress is also quite helpful because they have these sort of like blogging university things that you can do online that can help you to understand how to fix up your site or how to change it if you want to change it and various things, how to use search engines and all that. So that it was a very, he directed me in the right direction with WordPress, I think. I think it's wonderful how, you know, and I think the technology just keeps getting uh, more and more user-friendly. Uh, you know, setting up your own websites and being able to do blogs is not that, I mean, it's not easy enough that Reese could do it, but otherwise it's not that technically that's true. challenging. <laughs> Most people would think that's, it's, it's totally true. Yep, mm-hmm. that's yeah. true. Yeah, no, it is it is pretty straightforward. I was glad that I had his help because it's something that he's done quite often. But I must say that in probably it didn't even take the two hours it was done. And and uh, in, in any of the times that I've had a problem, like I, I can't get something to work, I find that WordPress are fantastic. You, you go in and you type in a question, and literally within three to four minutes, somebody comes back and helps you out with an answer. I mean, I wish there were other businesses that were that efficient and that helpful. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So tell us a little bit about the site. It's it's a fantastic site. Like I said, I've been reading it for a while. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, it most it obviously because it's called Horse Addict and I am the horse addict. Uh it focuses almost entirely on horses. I think there's only one notable exception to that, which is I went with my husband to see the film La La Land and I liked it so much I decided <laughs> I was gonna write a film review about that and there's nothing to do with horses in that film. I don't even think a horse ever appears on camera. But other than that, <laughs> I usually write about uh, blog pieces about um, horses and all kinds of different things. I mean, I think there are quite a lot of other blogs out there where people write posts about you know their own riding and their training and their horses or their photographs of horses and so on. But I, I do that. As I do write about my own horse and myself, Biasini, and the, the two people that we train with are Luis Retegues-Denizard when we're in Florida and with um, the Canadian Olympian Belinda Trussell when we're in Canada. And so I write about that. And I also interview uh, other riders. I've interviewed Luis and I've interviewed... Belinda, and just recently I did an interview with uh, Jamie and Tina Irwin, who are sort of, you know, top writers uh, in Canada. 
And then I've also done things like when we were in London last May, I decided I wanted to go and see the changing of the horse guards. And when you go to where the horse guards parade is, they have these little sort of cubicles where they have a horse and the rider, you know, the the lifeguard standing there in these little cubicle things. And everybody goes up and sort of poses for for pictures with them. So I went up to pose the picture, and I put my hand on the horse's shoulder and gave him a little pat, and he turned around, (laughs) and he sort of looked at me and went, he sort of nuzzled his nose into my purse, and he went, haven't you got a treat for me in here? <laughs> yeah, you know? come on, lady. So I, I decided that I had to give him a name and that I had to write something about the, the cavalry blacks. They're all called the cavalry blacks. So I did three separate posts about the cavalry blacks, about what they do and what kind of a life they have. And, and then I also wrote one piece about when they were struck in 1982 by a terrorist attack by the IRA, and, and several of the horses were actually killed. Uh-huh. And then I, they, they, I also wrote, finally, to end on a happier note, I wrote a third uh, post about when they, they get to go on holiday in Norfolk and they get to go galloping around in the sea and things. So um, it, it's something that's a, a little bit different. But I, I basically I write about horses, my horse, other horses, other people and their horses. That's sort of it. So tell us a little bit about your history in the horse world. How did you, you, know, how did you start in horses and, and uh, you know, where, where you're coming from for this blog? Well, I started when I was quite small. We, we, we went on some vacations with my parents where I would ride horses. And like many other girls, I then developed a passion for horses. And I had all kinds of horses that were plastic and horses that were china. And, you know, their legs would break <laughs> and then they'd have to go to the hospital. Um, and then I think I was about 10 or 11 years old and... I had a, my best friend at school, she was a rider, and my parents thought, oh, this would be great, they could ride together. And so after school, we would go and ride, and they leased a horse for me. And then the next thing that happened uh, was that I, I got a horse, and um, this was, I think I was about 12 by then. And um, so he, he was called Willie, and he was a fabulous first horse for anybody to have. And uh, so in those days, I used to do jumping and eventing. And so I was a little different than, than now. I'm not, not doing that kind of thing anymore. Um, and so I did that up until I was 19. And then, you know, university and real life got in the way. And I actually didn't ride other than going occasionally out on a trail ride with my, my cousins. Um, I didn't ride for almost, I think, 30 years. And then my daughter started riding. She was about 10 years old, and she started riding. And then we leased a horse for her, and I realized that she wasn't able to go to ride every day. So I rode a couple of days a week, and that lasted for about two months. And I thought, gee, I should get a horse. And (laughs) at this point, I was already 50 years old, so I thought, don't know that I'm going to go back to the jumping and eventing and all that. I think that I will I will take up dressage. And interestingly enough, my, that was what my daughter was interested in. Most kids want to jump, but she didn't. She was interested in dressage. So we were both dressage riders, and I, I did get a horse and and uh, sort of started started back with it really, and have kept going. That's now seventeen seventeen years ago. Wow! Wow! And so I know tell old I am. I just yeah, no, 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 we don't judge. Yep. We don't judge. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about your personal horse. The one that I have now? Yeah. The one that I have now, his name is Biasini, and he is a German Hanoverian horse. He's 12 years old, 
And I got him from uh, Belinda Trussell, who, who is my coach in Canada. And Belinda had bought him as a four-year-old, three- or four-year-old in Germany, at the auction in Germany. And she imported him, and she had been riding him for several years. And then she found herself in a situation where she had two horses who were more or less at fourth-level pre-St. George. And she thought, well, I can't keep the two horses. So she decided to sell Biasini because she felt that he was a horse that could be ridden by an amateur, whereas her other horse, Tattoo, was a horse that was not suitable for, for an amateur rider. Um, and so I had had some terrible misfortunes with horses. I had one horse that I'd had for seven years, just a wonderful horse. We'd come up from first level all the way up to the pre-St. George together, and he became very ill, and I had to uh, say goodbye to him. And then I got another horse, and that horse, unfortunately, developed a neurological disorder, and I'd only had him for six months, and I had to have him put down. So I was almost at the point when I thought, Collie, you know, I don't know that I want to continue even riding. I can't take this. It's, it's just it's such a heartbreak when you have a heartache. Yeah. Decision. Oh, so hard. So um, I thought maybe not, and then I thought, well, maybe. So I said to Belinda, I said, and my daughter had trained with Belinda, so I'd known her for several years. I said, do you think you could find, help me find a horse? And she said, yeah. She said, but I haven't seen you ride in several years. So I do have a horse here that is for sale. And if you would like to come and ride him. And she said, and there's no obligation. If you don't like him, that's fine. It will just have given me a chance for me to see you ride. If you do like him, that's great. So I go out and I'm, I'm getting on him, you know. And Belinda says, well, you know what she said? If you just fall in love with him, that's great. But if you, if this is not for you, that's fine too. There's no, no, no pressure on you. And in my head, I thought, I go and try horses. I never fall in love with them. That never happens. (laughs) Very practical and very objective. (laughs) I rode this horse and there were two things. One, I thought, oh my God, this horse is fantastic. And there was something about him that felt very familiar. Although I knew that I had never ridden a horse like that before. I had never ridden a horse that had that much talent, that had that level of training, that had that kind of physical, um, you know, get up and go. And and yet it felt like I thought, I feel like I know this horse. And I got off and I thought, oh, darn, I've fallen in love with him. <laughs> now what? You know? <laughs> so um, I got to try him a few more times because Belinda said, you know, he does have a spook. And I said, okay, I need to know what what that spook is like, because there were certain types of spooking. You know, if it was going to involve bolting or rearing, that was out for me. Um, I've had both my hips replaced, and I'm not interested in in coming off a horse that does that kind of thing. So she said, no, he doesn't do that. So I tried him about two or three more times, and he hadn't spooked. And I was just about at the point when I was going to say, somebody needs to bring in a big golf umbrella and just throw it into the middle of the arena, and so he'll spook, (laughs) and I'll see what the spook is like. And Something happened that day, and he did spook, and I said, okay, is that it? And she said, yeah, that's it. And I said, okay, that's fine. I can, no problem. I can deal with mm-hmm. that. That's like yeah. a, a sort of a quarter spin and then a dead stop. I said, that's that's fine. And um, <clears throat> Belinda had done quite a lot of work with him using the um, Linda Tellington-Jones methods. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, the, the, the mm-hmm. touch method. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she had done that, and so she said, you know, I think it really helps him because he does get quite nervous, particularly at horse shows and so on. And so she loaned me the book, and then I bought the book, and I remember I sort of studied some of the things, some of the touch things to do with him, and I I went out to see him one day, and I thought, okay, 
I'm going to try this, you know, and I did a few of the ear touch things. And standing there in the cross ties, all of a sudden he just went, with this big sigh, you know, and I thought, oh gosh, this stuff actually works. Mm-hmm. So I I continued to do that, and I and occasionally I still go back to it, like on a, on a weekend if I'm not riding him, I will go and do some Tellington exercises, some of the groundwork or some of the touch things, and I find that it has really helped him a lot, and I think also that he is a horse that has really responded well to having one person. You yeah. know, when, he's, when they're ridden by a professional, they, they get tacked up by one person, untacked by another person, and then they get ridden, and and yeah. so on, and I sure. think that he has really liked having, I come, I brush him, I tack him up, I ride him, I untack him, I bath him off, I come and visit him on days off and give him some carrots and stuff like that, so he mm-hmm. actually has become much, much less nervous now, and I'm touching wood as I say this, um, we have been able now to go to shows, and he he doesn't spook, as long as he gets a chance to look around at things the day before, he's usually fine. I, I haven't had any problems with him in the ring. We get in the ring and he's completely focused. So okay. that's been He enjoys the monogamous relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think Aww. so. It's, it's, it's been a wonderful journey with him. I mean, um, really, he's a, he's a very, very smart, very talented horse. And he, he does have his own opinions about things. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's all bliss. It's like <laughs> lots of other marriages are sometimes have their moments and we certainly have some of our moments but um he usually sort of goes well okay if if you insist if that's what you really want to do it that way then Mm -hmm. i guess i can do it Mm -hmm. nice so i wanted to ask you a little bit about you know how how has the blog helped you do you find that it helps your writing or what what do you get out of doing uh doing an online blog um well first of all I, i i have to this sounds this might sound sort of bad but i i don't find it difficult to write i find the writing part is 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 actually quite easy for me and I find it in terms of it helping my own writing if I write about something that I'm working on in my training I find that it it, it possibly is like keeping a journal once you get to sort of actually you know putting these thoughts into some kind of an order and sort of go okay my trainer is saying this and my trainer is saying that I need to accomplish this and this is the difficulty that I'm having when you kind of get it down like that in sort of black and white um, I mean, I just type. I never write anything out longhand. But it, it helps you to kind of make it more clear in your own head about what you're trying to accomplish. And I think that there are, I think also that there's probably lots of other people out there who are going through the same thing. So I'm also hoping that if I'm getting something from this, that somebody else can go, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll try that too. So I think that's how it benefits me. I, th- I think it makes things clearer in, in my mind. And in terms of writing anything about horses, really, I just, I love the topic. I love writing about horses. I love talking to other people about their horses and their training and how do they approach things and how do they do things. And I just find it really interesting. That's yeah. great. And, and and what kind of advice would you give to anybody who's thinking of starting up something like this, you know, for maybe their own personal benefit or maybe the social aspect of it? Well, I think that what I what I have learned um, over the time, I think I started at the end of March with this blog, and what I've learned over that time is that um, it. I think it is helpful if you if you enjoy writing. I think if writing is a, is a really hard task, I think it would be hard to blog. 
I think that there's no necessity for somebody starting out to write something really long. You don't have to turn out with 2,000 words. There are lots of other bloggers that I follow that write, you know, maybe 300 words, maybe 150 words, and they, they get a point across really well. So you can start out if, if, if writing is something that doesn't come to you that easily just by writing shorter pieces or write about one thing or write about your interpretation of a photograph or something. I think that um, to find an organization like WordPress is, a, is really good to get a good platform um, because they will help you technically with things if you have technical problems. I think that what I didn't know about blogging and life in the blogosphere is that the way to get people to follow you is, first of all, to write about something that you think is interesting because probably other people will too, but also to follow other blogs and see what other people are writing. What are other people writing about? And I have found that absolutely fascinating. I mean, it, it, it came as a real surprise to me to find that India is a country that is full of bloggers. And really? there are people I didn't know. there who, who write fiction that is really first-rate, just short little pieces where you go, my goodness, I mean, their use of words and language. And often I think these may be people for whom English is not their first language. Mm-hmm. It's right. really impressive. And they write about things that I've never traveled to India and so for me, it's an insight into the country that I would never be able to have other than through those people. They're writing it firsthand, and they're writing about the politics or about their families or about the history, or it's a fiction piece that involves the culture of life there. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. And, and so I think you need to, another effort you have to put in as a blogger is to find other people that you like and follow them and give them some feedback, some comments, you know, like their posts and so on. And, um, you know, then you find they will like you, they will start to follow follow you. And there's lots of other horse bloggers I follow in different disciplines, you know, eventing. And one person who was a hunter rider, she's now come over to eventing and, and mm-hmm. seeing how she's adjusting to the dressage and the cross country and everything. It's, it's great fun. It's great fun to read that stuff. That's fantastic. Well, Louine, how would our listeners find, how do they find the blog? Well, I think that you can just, you know, go to whatever your search engine is. And if you type in horse addicts, like H-O-R-S-E-A-D-D-I-C-T dot net, just type that in, like all small case, all one word, um, you should be able to find me. There is another site that's called I'm a horse addict, but that's not me. I'm just horse addict. Cool. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the program today, and we'll oh. keep following you. I love, we love uh, listening and, and, and reading your blog. Oh, great. Thank you very much for having me on. That was great. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Katie was great and offered to stay on for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. So, Phil, lead us into what our tip is. Well, it's great because this one comes from a listener. So, And I love it when we can, can do these and, and answer these questions for, for people because I think it helps us to know, you know, you guys got questions, send them to us because we can answer them. So, here we go. I'm going to read this out for you guys and then uh, we'll all try and have some ideas and tips to solve this problem. 
I have a less than stellar mover. This is off the track thoroughbred that I compete at training level and moving up to first level in the spring. I will have lots of fancy warm bloods in my classes, so I need to maximize my gameplay. Any suggestions on maximizing my test riding skills to take advantage of what we can do well? Good one. Katie, <laughs> do you want to lead us off? Yeah, do you want to lead I'm, us off? I would love to. Um, I am very fortunate with the horses that I teach that I have a whole mix um, from small horses to big horses to thoroughbreds to warm bloods. I mean, it's just a mix. And um, I have advised people that even if they feel that their horse is not like the big moving warm bloods and that somehow they're not going to do well, um, but they can. And I advise them to ride very accurate tests and to feel confident that sometimes where people can earn extra points is just presenting a, a better, a, a more, a well-ridden ride that you're, you're getting your corners, you're getting your diagonals, you're nailing each letter, and um, that when the judge is watching, it just looks like it, it flows so well um, that maybe, you know, you feel inadequate because you don't have this giant moving horse that possibly hasn't touched one corner once <laughs> and is bouncing off the rails, but that if you ride just a super accurate test um, and that it's just very clean, I, I think that that is, is super, super important. Um, and that's my advice. Yeah. I, I, I love that. You know, being in Lexington, we have a lot of, of thoroughbreds that, that we, that we, I work with and they're wonderful, wonderful horses, but I, I completely agree with Katie. And then the other thing is just because that horse is a huge, big, fancy mover that maybe is in your class, that doesn't mean you cannot, uh, you know, beat that horse or, or come in close to that horse because it may be a great mover, but it maybe doesn't turn. You know what I mean? Or it doesn't, you know, or, or, or she doesn't have accurate center lines or, you know, so just because you see it moving and, and, and I think a lot of people or my students sometimes at home will look over and be like, Oh my God, I can't, I, what, you know? And I just have to yeah. say, listen, you are out here for yourself and to ride your horse and do the best thing you can do. And if you've done your preparation and you know how to ride your test well, a lot and of remember time. Remember your test too. That is important. Yes. yes. <laughs> Katie, you I can't, can't I, that, I forgot my test. You saw me forget my yeah. test this weekend too. So I can't say anything. <laughs> I did the same. It was our disease this weekend. I, I did the same thing, but remember your test, know where you're going, practice all of those things. Um, so don't get intimidated just because a horse is a big fancy mover. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, so that's my advice to this, to this talk. Phil, how about you? Yeah, I think we have to remember that, you know, dressage means to train and not to train the fanciest horse you have. It's to train every horse you, you ride and you and you train it well. I think that's that's what judges appreciate. You know, everybody, you know, likes to see a fancy mover, but if it's not trained well or the riding is not correct, then it it's almost worse, right? And so and what I tell people is, you know, um pick up the points wh where people aren't going yeah. to practice as much you know i think that uh 
a lot of writers get focused on the fancy movements that are worth just as many marks as the more difficult, not so fun to ride, unfancy stuff. Like, you know, we, t- we talk incessantly on this show about riding the halt well and, you know, riding the walk well. And, you know, uh, one, one place where I think you can get a lot of marks on any horse, and this is just through practice, is on the free walk. It's worth double, and nobody practices the transitions to free walk and, and from especially from free walk back up into your medium walk. You know, we're talking about first level here. And that transition is so important because it's double score. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, you know, that's a boring thing to ride, you know, and not so much fun as riding lengthenings and leg yields and half pass, but it's worth double of all that stuff. And, you know, because there's two halts in every test, that's also worth double. So that's, you know, that's my advice, you know, do what, do what your horse does and do it well, you know, and, and, and show off that you have practiced every piece of the test and, and every test and, and knowing where to go, like you guys said, and, and doing it well. So um yeah i think that's the best advice but, we can give yeah yeah i love it and, and, and ride lie. against your own score and ride against I, yourself I, and and have personal goals that don't have that, that has nothing to do with ribbons i think that's another thing you can appreciate about our sport is that um you know your score is against your own scores so so yeah right. just practice and do the best you can and and maybe spend an extra year at at first level to really nail everything well what were you, what were you saying, agree. Katie? Awesome. I was going to follow up on um, Philip's walk comment with um, the transitions, and I guess even back to my accuracy that I do include in thinking transitions are a part of that too, and that your transition placement and how you ride the transitions is super important because it is easy point. And so where you have, like Philip's talking about the free walk, and the transition into the free walk and the transition back from the free walk, even at the Grand Prix, I'm very fortunate that my horse right now has a pure walk. And, you know, at that level, a lot of times the walk is not great. And so those are easy points for me. And he has a tendency to have a little resistance in the pickup. And so the number of times I've practiced the pickup from the extended Mm -hmm. walk, and it is important, very important yeah. because it is an easy score, but you can have a really great walk and then completely mess the walk up by not putting it together well yeah. at the end. So I definitely agree that those transitions um, and the free walk and just where you can pick up those easy points by just having that control um, are huge for sure. Yeah, and with a, with a thoroughbred, I'm going to say this because you have to practice the walk a lot. They don't really come blessed with, you know, they want to go and they always want to go, right? So I do a lot of um, serpentines in the walk with the thoroughbreds or those, you know, that type, whether it's on contact and medium walk or whether it's on a free rein walk, you know, the, the horse really work on the suppleness and the bending and the, the purity of the four beats and the walk. I think that's really important. Yep, I agree too. Fantastic. Well, Katie, thanks so much for staying on for our total saddle fit tip of the week. How do we find uh, you online? I'm at katiepogdressage.yahoo.com and then um, you can find me at katiepogdressage.com. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. 
and here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, we always love the the emails and the Facebook shout outs. So thank you, everybody, for sending those in and, and keep bringing them in because we love to get those answered and we love to snag our trainers when they're on. So thanks yeah. so much for that. I just want to say that we are going to we are going to get to um, the the questions about flying changes. But I think we've really been trying to do a whole show about it. So yeah. we wanted to get an appropriate guest and we're going to have a hopefully early in March sometime. We're going to have a, a total show on. Flying changes. You know. Flying yep, changes are so ass. frustrating. We're going to do an entire freaking <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, they're so important, uh, but they're show. so hard, and they're so... Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get to that very soon. This so is, This uh, is my question, because I might not produce that show. My question is, why is it my horse can do a flying change just fine when I don't ask him to? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the talent yeah. is there. That's all i got to say. <laughs> well. They're That's doing it, so now we got to figure out how to communicate. <laughs> oh, communication is so hard. <laughs> Well, so thanks a bunch, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Where everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. 